When they told me you were Yeah, so the, the important thing is to just keep writing as much as possible and never never ever look back. Yeah, I'm sure that applies to the editors as well. Huh? Never mind. Anyway, callers, uh, it is that time of night. Uh, and as you've heard, we, we do have a special guest with us. He is the uh, celebrated author David X. Reva. Uh, so, hit him up with your questions or just talk about whatever you want. Uh, not often we have guests. It is something we're working on in the future. But, um, yes, caller, uh, you're on the air. Yeah, is the uh, pizza place open? Well, I don't know about that. Uh, David, do you know if the pizza place is still open? I don't eat pizza, man. Okay, well, thank you, caller. And uh, for those of you calling in about the sound quality, uh, please be aware that David is um, allergic to prolonged exposure to electricity. And uh, he's joining us from outside the studio, shouting in through an open window. Um, now, do you have any books coming out, David? Yeah, sure. I said, do you have any books coming out? Uh, yes, yeah, soon. Okay, wonderful. Next caller. Yeah, don't you want to know what it's about or something? Nope, no. Uh, really? Yes, hello, next caller. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, hey, this is uh, this is Gravis from, from out at the research facility. I was... Uh, I was just wondering if anybody maybe uh, caught get glimpses of the uh, eyes watching them like I have. Eyes? You mean like just no. human eyes or? No, like. Uh, on on the face? Like, no, no, face man. Uh, disembodied eyes floating around between two worlds, you know? Always watching. Right in your periphery. So, uh. Floating eyes. Uh, David? Yeah, no, no idea over here. Yeah, um, well, I, I can't say I've seen any floating eyes watching me, uh, but, you know, that's just me and uh, a man standing outside a radio station. So maybe maybe the rest of you listeners out there have uh, other stories. Uh, let us know. Call us at 818-806-8660 if you have seen any floating eyes watching you from the corner of your vision or you know uh call up with questions for the author here or for anything it's um blustery night maybe talk about the weather uh i still have a good 40 minutes of this and uh yeah we'll see we'll see how that goes um yeah oh here we go uh yes caller you're on the air oh hey I just call it. I heard I was gonna talk about. I had this really good uh, question for 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 uh, uh, David, but I just heard I just heard uh, Glavis on uh, the the eyeballs. Yeah, I know. I know exactly. I know exactly what the eyeballs. Uh, I know the. Uh, I've seen the eyeballs. I see the eyeballs uh, every every day. They're reflected in the mirror, and uh, I see them looking back. Like behind my head when I look up at the reflective service on the shower and on the the faucet 
when I'm washing my hands, I can see eyes just hovering behind my head. There's always eyes around. Uh, when I when I when I go when I go outside, if the, if the windows are tinted, in like a store, I see them there. I, I see it. yeah. So I know I know exactly what click the gloom, and I know exactly what that guy's talking about. Uh, thank you, bye. Right. Well. Um, yes. Thank you for that. Uh, quick confirmation. Apparently, there are uh, floating ephemeral eyes uh, watching people around here. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. Um, David, what do you think about that? David. Huh. Uh, okay, well, we have uh, about time for two more calls, and then we're going to go to the ads. Um yeah, so, uh, next call, you're on the air. Oh, hey, this is, this is David X. Reaver. Uh, I'm, I'm still at my cabin. I haven't been able to come in yet. Uh, I'm gonna miss the interview. Uh, you didn't have an office number for me to call, so I, I just thought I'd call directly to you. Uh, sorry I'm not be, gonna be able to show up. It kind of sucks. Uh, I was really excited to talk to everybody, but... It's just how things are. I'm I'm uh, trapped trapped in here in my cabin again. Uh, it happens all the time. Uh, sorry. Uh, I'm gonna say no to that on account of the fact that David X Rivera is right outside. In fact, I'm gonna. Uh, do you have any anything you want to say to you, to defend yourself, David? Hang on. I'm gonna. Okay. David. 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 Well, <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, I, I guess, I guess, huh, well, this is a weird one. I, I, I guess the, the writer we were talking to, uh, all evening, um, has ran away and might not actually be, um, who he says he is, so. Uh, if if he gave you advice earlier, uh, maybe maybe take it with a pinch pinch of salt because uh, uh, yeah, well I think the sooner we move on from that, the better. Really, if I'm honest. So uh, next caller, I'm listening. Oh, there's some eyes. There's some eyes watching me right now. I got to talk about eyes. There's some eyes. Uh, I'm, I'm driving. I'm driving to Eli. Uh, I'm alone in my car, and in the rearview mirror, I can see, I can see eyeballs. Uh, just uh, someone's in the back seat, but no one's in the back seat. But someone is in the back seat, even though uh, no one's in the back seat. So uh, just call and let someone know uh, what's going on, because uh, 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 I, 
I don't know. I don't know what is. Um, thank you. Thank you, Captain Hank, for taking my call. It's been an honor talking to you, and it's been an honor listening to you for all of these years. And uh, I, I guess this is the time uh, I say goodbye. So uh, goodbye. Goodbye from now for me. Uh, thank you so much for uh, taking my call. Well, uh, thank you, caller, for your call. I uh, hope the rest of your drive goes safely. Um, yes. So it looks like I might have been a bit uh, hasty to judge Glavis from the research facility's uh, phone call earlier. Uh, if anyone else is experiencing these floating ghostly eyes around uh, Eldritch Lake, uh, please don't hesitate to call at uh, 816. No, that's not the number. I'm forgetting everything tonight. 818-806-8660. If you have seen any unusual sightings around uh, the lake tonight, or for that matter, if you've seen a man posing as a writer uh, running off into the woods, um, Good luck to him, because as anyone who's seen this uh, radio station it is surrounded almost exclusively by forest, uh, with the only exception being one side, which is a straight-up cliff face. Uh, so, good luck at that, David X. Reaver if that was your real name. So, of course, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know it's about the time we do an, an ad read. But before then, we're lucky enough to have just enough time for a hot little ditty. Uh, you might have heard it before. Uh, it's Winter Sunday Night by The Fisherman. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> Don't believe a word I said 
Sweet children, there's a new story, the third book. Revelations is being and gone. It's time to join the new church. Oh, please join us. We will set you free. was the funny man on the telly who started it. All his fault, if I'm honest. If I were to blame anyone, it would be that man. I were all alone in my room one night, watching one of his stand-up specials, and he made this joke about identifying as an attack helicopter. There was just something about that joke that really resonated with me. Such a simple and original joke. A completely new form of humour that had never before been tried by anyone. So I laughed. A lot. But there was more to it than just laughter. As jokes go, it stuck with me for the longest time. I never thought I'd tell the same joke as a man on the telly, but I did. I was at my friend's house about a week after I'd seen the special. None of my friends have seen it yet because I'm the only one with affordable VPN at my house. It was just the four of us there in, in Baz's living room. Me, Baz, Jerry and Tom. And we were playing... Ah, I don't I don't remember what we were playing. I, I try not to think about that day so I can really... I can only remember so much. Oh! No way, I do remember. We were playing 2v2 on some old N64 game, having a great old time we were. We were all pretty tipsy by the time uh, it happened. It was a great night. We were all having so much fun. Until I did something stupid and said it. I said the joke. There was a lull in the gameplay and I leaned forward and I said, You know, 
And I identify as an attack helicopter, me. Just as a joke, you know. I think I was expecting the others to laugh the way I laughed when I first heard it, but they didn't. They just sat there, staring at me for a moment. Then Baz, of all people, got up right out of his seat and punched me in the face. Wound back up for another one. Real hard hit, I could tell. But the other two leapt up and pulled him off. So I rolled out my chair, completely confused. And I could see in Jerry and Tom's eyes they were just as mad as Baz was. No idea what I did wrong. They just stood there all screaming at me. Barely able to hold on to Baz, who was at that point bright red and throffing out the mouth. He was yelling about betrayal and how things are unnatural and all this kind of gobbledygook. And I just wanted to understand why they didn't think the joke was funny. It's such a refreshing and funny and original joke. But they didn't like it for some reason. Finally, Tom says, Get out of here, and if we see you again, you're a dead boy. And I didn't want to hang around and argue with that, so I just got up and I ran home. Now, I should point out at this time, uh, when I got home, I was still living with my parents. So it was only a matter of time before the mother saw the bruise on the side of my face. What's that? She said. I got punched by Baz, I tell her. Oh yeah? What for? Oh, just some joke I made, I say. And and she paused, and I could tell she didn't want to press, but she did want to know. So I said, well, I told them I identify as an attack helicopter. And her face had just turned grey. The bags under her eyes went about five shades darker in like a split second. She shook her head. But she she hugged me. I remember that. She, she hugged me tighter than she ever had before. And for a moment there, everything felt nice and comfortable and right in the world. Like I'd finally been recognised as myself for the first time since childhood. It was the best hug I've ever had. It didn't last though. That evening, as I was trying to get comfy in the bed, my dad comes in, barging up the stairs, kicks the door in. He's screaming all these obscenities and the like. No son of mine, there's going to be an attack helicopter, he yells. He yells it a few times. And then he pulls me out of the bed, gives us a slap around the face. And then he gives me five minutes to pack a bag and leave. I can walk downstairs and I can hear Mam crying in the kitchen, begging him not to be so rash. He's just confused, she's saying. And even now I don't know who she was referring to. It was just a joke, you know, me being in a tech helicopter. Honest. I guess some people just can't understand really nuanced and sophisticated humour. So, I slept in the park that night, hiding behind a storage shed under a slight ceiling. So only a little rain got on me. Well, I say slept. It's hard 
falling asleep in parks because there's always part of you expecting someone or something to show up. For a while, I felt like crying, but I haven't been able to cry for over a decade, so I just shuddered in the dark, cold, with my eyes closed until it was time to go to work. Coursework was not much better. By then, people had heard I identified as an attack helicopter, so all these people at work were giving me sideways glances. Co-workers I thought I was close with wouldn't even talk to me. Couldn't raise their eyes off the floor. I could hear them though. Could hear them all whispering when they thought I was out of earshot. You know how that feels. I've never felt so judged. And all of this for a once in a lifetime brilliant joke about attack helicopters. By the end of the day, I was unemployed called into the office. There were some HR guys, and you know how evil those guys can be. They'd fire their own mother for 15 quid an hour and no benefits. Real human vermin. But yeah, they were there, the managers were there. Apparently my work was not up to standard, even though that was the first time I'd heard anything about it. And they said I'd made people uncomfortable. There was some nonsense about me being late, even though I'm always five minutes early. And then, just like that, out of my workplace, without even a handshake. So I went to the pub, tried to take my mind off of everything. If only for the next few moments. Had a beer and a chat with the bartender, who was friendly enough, and everything was great until I tried to confide in him. As soon as I said... I identify as an attack helicopter. His whole demeanor changed. Didn't say anything about it, but you could tell he was becoming distant. Suddenly found other things to do on the other side of the room, which is fair enough. It's not like bartenders aren't all fakes anyway. But then, when I tried to go to the bathroom, he started screaming at us. He said, here! I don't mind attack helicopters buying drinks, but you gotta go piss out in the, the loading bay out back. So I went outside to take a leak, and as soon as I'm turning around to go back inside, who should I see but Baz, Jerry, and Tom staring at me? Yeah, I know. Forgot the back of the pub was a shortcut to Baz's house. And they jumped me. They must have punched and kicked me for about... Five minutes before someone scared them off. And I, yeah, it hurt, it hurt a lot, but what really, what really hurt was that they'd been my friends less than a week earlier. We were all so close, the four of us. And here they were, cracking my ribs and breaking my nose. Just what had happened? Had they ever really been my friends? All this because I attacked as an attack helicopter. Now, not to burst any delusions or whatever, but it turns out the police, these people I'd always supported online and the like, they don't much care for people who say they identify as attack helicopters. Told me I'd made sexual advances on my old friends. Maybe they'd mistaken me for an approaching Chinook and panicked, one of the officers said. 
with a little cocky smirk. Basically, it was my fault, and even if I wanted to press charges, they weren't going to acknowledge it. Should have known better, one of them told me. Shouldn't have provoked people who didn't like attack helicopters. I tried to complain about all of this, so they locked me in the drunk tank for the rest of the weekend. And then they let me out without charges. And that was an agony because I never got medical treatment for the cracked ribs or the broken nose. I was sent out of there with no money, caked in blood. Worst week of my life, really. Or so I thought at the time. Turns out, people don't much care for attack helicopters where I'm from. So I spent a few months hiding in alleyways and the like, trying to live off my savings. Hostels wouldn't take me in because they didn't have landing pads or else they didn't like the way I looked. Landlords wouldn't let me rent anywhere for a variety of flimsy made-up reasons, so I didn't have much choice but to sleep rough. It were only when my mother tracked me down after all this time that things started to turn around. She said she loved me regardless. And I can't tell you how good that felt. Nothing quite beats love and support, especially at, when you were at your roughest patch. She said she'd hidden most of my stuff from her dad, who was still angry, and she offered to help me out of town. We drove up north where people were a bit more supportive of the whole thing, helped me find a place to live. Threatened to sue some of the people uh, up there. Pulled some strings and got me a job with the county. Can't say everything turned around in an instant. Or even that life's all that much better than it had been. And there's still people who look at me funny. Still that fear of getting murdered for no good reason. But I am... I am starting over. And you know what? Even with the worst of it, I feel better for this happening to me. I have new friends now. Real friends. People who actually like me. I'm more confident in myself. A little support goes a long way. And the funny thing is, I saw the comedian in a little basement club doing open mics. Yeah, turns out, TV studios have issues with attack helicopters too, so he was slowly erased from their phone books. Blew through his money pretty quick with lawsuits and the likes. And with no one out there willing to help him out now that he's seen as an attack helicopter, it's hard for him to get the money in too. Which is why he's touring small theatres. And he has to live with constant death threats and the like. So I can't imagine how hard it must be for him to lose all his friends and family and money and a sense of security. All because he was so brave and identified as an attack helicopter. But here we are, both of us, rediscovering ourselves. The rest of his jokes are pretty terrible, mind.
silence, please. I'm going into a trance. Atticus Hinch, who found a lost safe in the lake, thought to contain over seven... There we go. Thank you once again, John Krilling, for the news. As always, if there is anyone out there with information pertaining to the uh, recent incidents in and around the lake, uh, don't hesitate to call the authorities. I'm sure there is probably a cash reward at this point. Um... Hard to believe that wouldn't be. Uh, so, uh, as usual, uh, I'm going to read a little bit more of my family member's journal. Uh, back by... Huh? What? Uh, bear with me. I'm just hearing something from the uh, from the booth. Uh, oh, okay. Well, uh, never mind. Uh, that's not happening today. It turns out we have several more calls about the uh, eye apparitions so let's see how many of those we can get through before i i hand over the show to uh, our our favorite uh jazz resident expert uh tiffany um call her you're on the air hello you're on the air Yeah, I'm gonna need you uh look at your phone, I think. <laughs> Hello? Uh Yeah, I'm gonna say this one isn't um call back if you can. Um I mean, obviously, you can't hear this. I don't even know why I'm. I don't even know who I'm talking to, or why, or uh, why I'm hoping to accomplish by talking right now. But yeah, sure, go ahead. Actually, no. You know what? You won. You won this week's mystery prize. Uh, a huge sum of money coming your way. Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, okay, bye. So that's uh, zero and one right now, but let's see if, if this next caller is any more interesting with regards to saying words or acknowledging being on the phone. Caller, uh, what do you got to say for yourself? 
watch the eyeballs every night when I'm outside at the park. I just see them in the trees. I don't know what they're doing there. If they were you doing up there, eyeballs looking at me down here, and they don't answer, so I don't think, I don't think they do, and that's what that watches for sure, you know what I mean? Anyway, that gives a call back to get this message. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, we, uh, we're not an answering machine, so you could have kept talking there. But uh, I guess that's par par for the course tonight. So um, let's move on. It does seem that people are seeing eyeballs, though, so that's something. Uh, we have another caller, um, Professor Felix Derby from the Institute, is apparently on the line, has a very important message. Uh, what, what, what do you have to say? Uh, yeah, hello. I, I don't have much time, but uh, uh, they're not eyeballs. They're, um, it's, it's, uh, and it's going to get worse. Now, you have to listen. It's very important. What is the thing that they are is not they're from the same place, but... Felix, hello? Felix? Uh, well, that's never happened before. Uh, could we call him back? It seemed like he had something he wanted to say, and we haven't had much of that uh, tonight. Uh, we can't. Okay, I'm just... Uh, I'm being handed... I'm being handed something from the station manager. I guess I have to read this. Uh, are you sure? All right. Um, okay. Seasonal floating eyes and other hallucination area experience. Uh, oh, okay. You are to cease. Or we are to cease all mention of floating eyes or other hallucinatory experiences. Uh, events experienced by a very small minority of ill people in the region continued mentioning of these occurrences will only further their delusions and will be met with the full strength of the legal department um so uh, apologies uh for perpetuating this i i guess um there are no floating eyes the people seeing things are ill and will be rendered up for treatment Please provide a whole call log for tonight's show so we can assist in the care and recovery of these unfortunate individuals. Um, I don't think I was supposed to read that part on, my, uh, on air. Um, we here at Goyadine Industries pride ourselves on our charitable work in the Eldritch Lake region and are committed to exceptional customer service. We are hiring in all towns. Come join your new family. Sincerely yours, Pathé O'Lartney. Goyadine Industries Community Liaison Manager. Um, so, yes, uh, apologies uh, for the last however many minutes of the show. Uh, we, we, we didn't mean to cause any offense. Um, that's all. Uh, move on as quickly as possible. 
obviously they're taking this very seriously so um it looks like it's it for me for tonight so that's we're just gonna go straight to a music track um and hopefully i see you again next week uh playing us out though is mad pride with their song no roads to take and we'll be uh you'll be met by tiffany with jazz after that so uh Good night from me, uh, 818-806-8660 if you need to call in, uh, CaptainHank at EldritchLake.com if you have any stories you want to share, uh, and I'll, I'll see you soon, I, I hope, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, thank you, and, uh, sleep tight.
Good morning, everyone. The first 